0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to episode number 462 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. We got a lot to dive into tonight from the Phils, the Sixers, the Eagles, the Union. And uh, if you're watching live on Twitch, which you should be every single Wednesday night, we're live twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI. You see, I got my premier lacrosse league hat on, Matt, today. The league hit us up, and uh, they gifted us with four tickets to the PLL semifinal this weekend down there in Washington, D.C. at Audi Field. So we're giving away some tickets over on the Outside the Box podcast Twitter account. So go check that out. It's the pinned tweet over there. Uh, All you got to do is retweet and follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and tag a friend below that you would uh, bring to the game. So four tickets for the PLL semifinal up for grab winner announced on Friday. Probably around noon. So you have to, enough time to uh, get ready to rock and roll in D.C. on Sunday. Make sure you guys are following us on the socials as well. At Underground PHI on Twitter. On Instagram. Follow Matt on Twitter. At Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com for all of our written content. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews in the Apple Podcast reviews. Let us know how you feel about this Eagles season upcoming, how you feel about uh, the newest member of the Philadelphia 76ers, and of course... Your thoughts on the Phils after a tough road trip, but a nice bounce-back win against the Miami Marlins. And anything else that comes to mind, five stars only because we have standards. We know you do, too, and we know they're five stars. And make sure you subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel where you get full video episodes of every single Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast. That includes this show, Outside the Box, Top Bins with Matt and Dom, the Dan Russo Show, our partnership with Vineland High School Football, the Get in the whole podcast, Streamer Season, Eagles Enemies, all of that is available on our YouTube channel, so go subscribe to the YouTube, smash that like button, ring the bell icon, and of course get the comment section flowing as well. Big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Tomahawk Shades the best small batch eyewear in the game. You guys can go to tomahawkshades.com get your hands on sunglasses, blue light glasses, hoodies, shirts, hats, watches, you name it, they got it. Use code USP at checkout for 25% off your order at tomahawkshades.com. Kenwood Beer, they just launched arguably the best merch drop of any company out there, the Kenny Rope hats, the it's a bad day to be a Kenny shirt. And, of course, they've got that all-new and improved Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. you got to be 21 or older to check all that out. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And the boys over at Bino. as we've mentioned, Matt, since uh, probably the last couple weeks now, leading up to the World Cup, every single week new World Cup boards will be dropped, and that includes this Friday. The new Team France board will be dropping. It looks absolutely gorgeous. I just got the text message about it today. You guys can go to BinoBoard.com. It's like paper football meets foosball. You should have it at every single tailgate. It is the next big tabletop game on the market. So go to BinoBoard.com and use code USP for 10% off your order at BinoBoard.com. That's 10% off your order at BinoBoard.com with code USP And there's that Team France beauty clean looking absolutely gorgeous so go get your hands on that plus it comes with the limited edition world cup carrying case what's going on man living the dream back to school back to school how has uh how are the vibes vibes are good despite the heavy rain we all persisted yes uh and despite the horrendous road trip that the phillies had out west they persisted last night gene segura with an incredible walk-off hit absolutely uh Trashes the Marlins on the hot mic, and uh, the Phillies win 3-2 to two on a Gene Segura walk-off. Reese Hoskins grabbing Gene's face and going full-blown Incredible Hulk on him. And uh, Gene launched his bat so high that you could see it on the outfield cam when the ball landed in the outfield. But Phil's bounce back, get a much-needed win. The Brewers lose today, so if the Phillies can win tonight, that's another big step uh, and gaining, you know, that traction back in the NL in card race. But, uh, you know, you're going to have those tough road trips, and thankfully the West Coast is over with for the 2022 season. Yeah. Uh, something about San Francisco was just always kind of a
1: nightmare for the Phillies. Uh, the Diamondback series, <sighs> that was a tough one because, I mean, you just got, like, the leather beat off of you out there. Um, it's weird, too. Like, it's always hit or miss, and I, I think – Maybe this is something to file away for next year, but I feel like we get in the habit—not just us, but a lot of people—we get in the habit of like looking at bad teams yes. in August and September and thinking, "Wow!" And we forget sometimes that there will be like a lot of young players, a lot of guys like trying to make you know like their way in the league and like with a lot to prove that I think uh, can catch a team like the Phillies. Um, and it's weird too because like it's so hard because I think people get so caught up in their own team that forget that. Like the Nats went and beat the Mets like this week. Like it's just, yeah. This this stuff is happening to every team. Um, and when you consider just the injuries the Phillies have had, especially in the the pitching room, it's not all that crazy. Uh, it's not good. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> make it seem like that, but um, it doesn't feel like earth shattering stuff. And I think the fact that they're still. You know they have the, the tiebreakers they do over the wild card. Um, they still have what like a three and a half game lead. Uh, mm-hmm. gonna, they can they can extend that tonight uh, with a win, hopefully. And
0: I, you know, it's hard for me to get too bothered about that. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those like like the Cubs series happened out of the All Star break. This road trip happened, but you bounce back against the team that's given you nightmares for the last decade uh, in the Marlins and. You're just going to continue to roll with the punches and kind of just, you know, deal with the teams in front of you. It doesn't seem like the Braves are slowing down anytime soon. They're now tied for the lead in the NL East with the Mets. And if the season ended today, the Phillies would be playing the Mets in the wild card round. (laughs) And uh, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, like, the the way that the Mets have been playing over the last two-month stretch, they've played a 98-win pace record, and they've lost nine and a half games in the standings. Um, so I don't know if I, I – like, the Mets are struggling right now. Scherzer's going on the injured list. It, I don't know. Some, it's just weird how – this whole thing is going to eventually play out. We'll see, but I don't know who I want the Phillies to play in the playoffs.
1: I don't care <laughs> because <laughs> I would, I mean, I'm, I'm just cards on the table. I don't want to play either the Braves or the Mets because that is just like an anxiety series for me that I will not enjoy. Even though it's the Phillies back in the playoffs which is ultimately what I want, but that's, it's a hard series to enjoy. No matter what, we have not played the Mets good at all this season. Right. Um, Braves, we played okay this year. I think we're like at 500 with that. Yeah, I think so. we're six and six with seven left to play. So, you know what? We'll live with that. Maybe in an ideal world, somehow we end up as the last wild card. <laughs> Hello, St. <we> get- <laughs> Louis. My own personal hell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's really no. It's like. No, it's all bad. Behind door number one is a razor blade. <laughs> behind door, door number two is a bucket of spiders. Like, there's just nothing something good uh, there's no good surprise, and then here. it's a spider holding a razor blade behind door number three <laughs> right, <laughs> and is very upset with you uh, uh, I just also too like you know's tough <laughs> it's yeah. just like it's so it's so challenging, you know like this team is gonna touch like high eighties like mid to high eighties and is gonna be in other years would not be making the playoffs mm-hmm. that should also be like said, like in other seasons. This team would not be even be in the playoffs. Right. <laughs> uh, potentially, despite how, uh, how good they've played. So that's just, I think, the, the barometer of the National League right now. And um, it's hard for me not to take some pleasure in the Mets. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's great really, watching I, them. I got to be honest. It's really hard for me to not, not laugh a little at that.
0: But. And I think the only thing that Phillies fans and Mets fans have in common right now is just how god awfully annoying the Braves are to both of our teams in terms of the standings where like the Mets have played pretty solid baseball over the last two and a half months have lost nine and a half games in the standings. The Phillies and Braves were going back and forth with their win streaks earlier in the year. And uh, the Phillies lose like three games in the standings because they lost like two games. Um, The Braves are just an annoying ass team, annoying ass fan base. And as Dom once said back in the day for the OGs, their mascot looks like a test tube fanatic.
1: Very true, I. It feels like the Braves haven't lost a game. <laughs> so right. It's like May. It's, <laughs> it's insane. So, I don't know what it is. The run they've been on is just uh, it's kind of insane.
0: I just I can't I can't handle the uh. The Braves just success.
1: Spencer Strider just like just out of nowhere, just <laughs>
0: like just like a five foot seven mustachioed fiend on the mound. Like let's just get a casual sixteen strikeouts in a Unreal. game. like ridiculous very
1: cool love that this is our division that's that is like the coolest <sighs> thing i just think i think it's great i think it's actually it's
0: actually a lot of fun the uh the other annoying part i think with the phillies and what happened out west too and the lack of runs last night as well is like castellanos has been one of the hottest hitters in baseball over the last month and a half he's on the injured list now who knows how long he's gonna be out for whatever reason, Bryson Stott is now riding the bench the last two games when he's been hitting lefties really, really well uh, in favor of Edmundo Sosa, who had a very good game last night, but very in- interesting decision by Rob Thompson to, to leave Stott on the bench when he's been playing super well. Hopefully, he's not hurt. Zach Wheeler's on the injured list. Uh, luckily, it looks like Sarah Anthony Dominguez and Zach Eflin are on their way back from the injured list, but... The slew of just like injuries to key core players on this team has come at the worst possible time. Yeah.
1: I think I saw a report that Eflin was able to play catch the other day and didn't have soreness. So that's, that's solid. Obviously, an improvement. Zach Eflin potentially making his way back would be a a, a huge surprise because I think in some way we had penciled him in out of the, the picture of this lineup. Um, Sir Anthony being back would be. Oh, god <laughs> boy boy do we need that boy do we need a, a reliable uh reliable relief pitcher right now that be how how far have we fallen that serendity dominguez is like <laughs> the, the the oasis pariah.
0: the oasis in, in our <laughs> desert for us right well now? i i was in the desert matt i was at fenway on sunday and uh red sox were, were beating the rangers their starter was pitching pretty decently but his pitch count got kind of high and I had totally removed this guy that I'm about to bring up from my brain and forgot that the Red Sox had signed him after we got rid of his bum ass. I had to watch Jerry's Familia pitch in a game live for you, the Boston you Red Sox. got to watch, Jerry, <laughs> And when I tell you, I have never booed a player from a team that I, I don't... Like, the Red Sox are the one Boston team that, like, don't grind my gears, really. As opposed to you know the Bruins, the Celtics, the Patriots, like the Red Sox are just uh, a whatever. Like I I don't feel one way or another they about suffered them.
1: Suffered for their success, right?
0: Like and then cheated for it later. Yes. Um, but to have to see Jerry's familia run out of the bullpen, I was telling Texas Rain, I said, don't make this guy look good. Hit him around. Get this bum out of here. Um, and then of course he proceeds to throw an inning and a third of scoreless baseball. So, that's so cool. That's that's, just, that's so cool that he did that. He's a bum. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Phil's right now. At least the rest of the schedule in front of them are familiar opponents, where you're you're kind of just duking it out with the rest of the NL East. The devil, you know. <laughs> most of the rest of the regular season, outside of a two-game series against the Blue Jays, you got the Cubs still on the schedule, and then your final regular season uh, series against the Astros on the road, which maybe could mean something. It could mean something, but it might mean absolutely nothing to the Astros, which
1: could be good for us.
0: And I mean, who knows what's going to happen with the the Braves and the Mets, but, you know, the Phillies still have seven games against the Braves. (laughs) And the final series before that, that Astros series, the Phillies have four games against the Nationals where the Mets are playing... Three games against the Braves. Oh man. As as we turn to October.
1: <laughs> hey, Phillies are guaranteed to play October baseball this year.
0: Still have a seventy six percent chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, uh let me see. Five thirty eight has us at eighty four percent. I think the seventy six was from Fangraphs, so.
1: I think fan Graphs, I want to say takes more into account preseason prediction as well. So, where's uh five thirty eight? Takes in a, a little bit of both. And then I think baseball reference is just like, yeah, you're good. <laughs> uh, let's see what baseball You're reference. above 500, you're getting it. Yeah, baseball reference says it's at 92.6. So.
0: Almost a lock. <laughs> Almost a
1: lock. <laughs> Almost a little scary. <laughs> you know, makes it makes you a little worried, actually, that they're that confident. What do they know that we don't? The uh... 1% chance to win the World Series according to 538. Hey. You saying there's a chance? I, you know,
0: um, I mean, you said it preseason. You you think there's a better chance for the Phillies to win the World Series than to uh, to make, the, make playoffs. the playoffs?
1: Like, you could tell me a story that the Phillies win the World Series rather than make the playoffs, just because I felt like this team gets hot over the course of like four weeks, they could win a lot of games. It's a wrap, but. I will say the consistency this year has been better. We'll take it. We'll it take makes it. you wish we just had canned Girardi. <laughs> I just, I'm just imagining what would be a heated three-team race for yep. NL East if we had Rob Thompson the whole season. <sighs> like three NLE teams making it to almost 100 wins. And just how annoying that would be on our hearts. Would be nice. Would be nice. There's always
0: next year, as they say. There's always next year. Uh, We have had some shakeup, Matt, in our favorite uh, game to play on this show, the NL East Run Differential. Uh, Tonight not brought to you by Pickup because they will be uh, bringing us our Philadelphia Eagles predictions later on in the show. But as always, you guys can check out Pickup. We'll talk to you about them in a little bit. Um, But the NL East Run Differential, the Atlanta Braves and New York Mets tied atop the NL East for the first time in quite some time. The Braves running away with the NLE's run differential crown right now at plus 160, the Mets at plus 119, the Phillies at plus 66, the Miami Marlins at minus 93, and that stolen franchise, the Washington Nationals, no longer in the basement of the run differential in all baseball, but still at a minus 203. They had a great Labor Day weekend. Yes, they did. Good for them. It's good for me, too, because my Pirates' future on uh, them having the worst record in baseball is making me sweat it out. uh, As the Pirates now hold the worst run differential in all of baseball at minus 207. It's very close. Uh, Pirates three games back in the loss column for the worst record in baseball, two in the, the win column. So, Pirates keep losing. I, it's weird when you got to root for the Mets sometimes but i've been uh hoping the Mets t- <laughs> the
1: bank the bank rolls a little more important
0: sometimes. Yes, yeah, need the Mets to beat the Pirates. Um and of course the Dodgers are just leading the entire league in run differential at plus 294. Do, are they going to finish with plus 300? Yes. 300 plus. <laughs> yes. The question is if they can touch like 350,
1: you know, like Yeah. That's that's really where it, it might get interesting but yeah, it just feels like this is all uh, like a nice little warm-up until the Dodgers just like buzz all
0: through everyone. Yes. And then they can rub it in everyone's faces and say that they finally don't have a Mickey Mouse championship like they did in 2020. Hmm. Anyone but the Mets or the Braves, though?
1: Yeah. Prefer it not to be the Dodgers. but Or Cardinals. Or car. really no <laughs> I mean it sucks pretty much no one besides the Phillies in the National
0: League yeah <sighs> what a time what a time hopefully the Phillies uh beat the Marlins again tonight though because that's always fun Bailey Falter on the mound and I do have to say I don't know actually no I'm not going to retract it because ever since I said I didn't want to see Bailey Falter pitch for this team again he's been absolutely fantastic yeah, like one of our most consistent
1: <laughs> consistent pitchers over the last few weeks. Only pitcher to
0: win a game in that Mets series. Who knew? Who who <laughs> baseball? Had that? Who had that on the bingo card? Marlins are winning one nothing in the bottom of the second. So we'll see how that uh, shakes out. But uh, Matt, since the last time we recorded, and it feels like it's been quite some time. It's very rare that you get a September signing in the NBA of. Such a well-known player. Uh, Monster Trez, Montrez Harrell, is now a member of the Philadelphia 76ers. I touched on a little bit with Pat Pitts on the episode that came out today um, because it happened right when we were recording, but wanted to get your thoughts on uh, the new backup big man joining the fold for the Philadelphia 76ers, one Montrez Harrell.
1: Great for the regular season. Um, not Here's the thing, though. Because we've said this a lot about the the Becca big men that the Sixers have gotten over the years. This is this has been the line. Great for the regular season. Not sure if they'll be playoff material. Yet, Dwight Howard, Andre Drummond, like, I don't know. Like they, They've they performed well when we've needed them to. Maybe Harrell will be that. Um, yeah, I, I think especially, though, for the regular season, this is a guy that helps the Sixers a lot. Uh, does make you wonder about the roster, though, because it seems like we're going to be losing... Someone on the fringes now, uh, it could be someone like Bassie, maybe someone like Isaiah Joe. But it's it's tough to it's tough to say right now um, who's going to be like kind of the casualty here. But yeah, it, it was also kind of remarkable too. He was unsigned this long because he he does still have uh, something at the tank, and um,
0: he's I, also a lot younger than I thought he was. Yes, he's only twenty nine years old. Right, sort of sort of had like
1: a a late ish. Kind of a uh, kind of blooming type of situation, like obviously most well known for his time with the Clippers mm-hmm. with uh Doc and, and getting that six man of the year award. But um, yeah, I, I think it's 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 a it's a nice addition because this was something I think that we we did miss post Andre Drummond, which is just an insane sentence that I just <laughs> said uh last season. So I, I'm happy to have uh Trez in,
0: and uh, as everyone says, Trez has that dog in him, so yeah, I I I comp to like the the grit and the the dog that he has to, like the Morris brothers, or you know bringing somebody in from that corner of the NBA where like they're gonna stir the pot, they're gonna get in your face and and kind of be like that momentum shifter if you need it. Um, and I mean last year he was not terrible for the Wizards and the Hornets, who he spent time with both last year. I think he averaged like thirteen point one points per game for them um and i mean like i say, he's 29 and he was you know not that it's a, a our, our good friend trill bro dude broke it down on his new episode of you know ball with the the tiny slop drop if you will uh he said it's not a trez problem it's a doc problem but playing trez too much in the playoffs was what inevitably got doc rivers fired so maybe that's a sign of things to come for the sixers <laughs> Maybe it's going to be harder to do that with the
1: meat in front of them. I'll say yes. that there's there's the added challenge.
0: Uh, also, I wanted to bring up. We talked about this, too, on the most recent episode. Did you See the Farcon Corkman story. I did. Did you see our board? Mike Scott's uh, response. I did not see Mike's response.
1: Uh, Mike Scott tweeted. Quote shout tweeted, out to our guy. Um, it was wonderful. And it's it's uh, so he, he quote tweeted the video. Uh, oh, did he get rid of it? He must have deleted. Well, it happened. I saw it. He quote tweeted with the the new emoji that's like kind of crying and smiling. of okay. The video of Furkan uh, getting in the fight on the court. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Clearly, Mike Scott approved and was very proud of uh, of Moss for his. Uh... When you said video, the only, the first thing that popped in my head was when the uh, the Carl Anthony Towns brawl was happening and Mike Scott's looking up at the big screen, and, like grimacing at it, just like yes
1: there's a it it, he had to delete because there's no way that i just imagined that in my mind right um so shout out to mike
0: scott um that's incredible and i mean i i read like a whole bunch of the story too and like the the team that Firk is playing for for turkey like they're like protesting the game too because they feel like 22 seconds were taken off the clock to send it to overtime. Furk's coach got ejected from the game in the second overtime. Like just a wild scene in Eurobasket right now. Yeah, the
1: Eurobasket is uh is popping off. Luka Doncic breaking a record today. Well not a record, it's just the first time in like generations that someone has scored. <laughs> <laughs> uh I think he had like forty seven. Um, yeah, it's been uh it's been an insane tournament. I haven't been able to catch much of it, but yeah, shout out to Furkan and
0: for, for holding it down, I guess. And he's been playing out of his mind over there. Yeah. He's been playing like he's, you know, Turkish Kobe or something. because. Well, I mean, that's splashing. how he plays here.
1: I don't know. <laughs> he's
0: I don't everything. really see the difference, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt, the Philadelphia Eagles kick off their season this Sunday in Detroit. And uh, the game is sold out. First sold out game that is not on Thanksgiving that the Lions will be offering standing room only tickets for since 2017 and uh, i have to, to say i'm sure part of that is the eagles i'm sure part of that is hard knocks for the lions but i figured like we do every year we go through much closer to the season the eagles uh schedule predict their wins and losses we did do our wins predictions last week so if you missed that for every single nfl team uh we're gonna go through and do our uh, our preseason Eagles predictions brought to you by our pals over at Pickup. You guys can go to playpickup.com, start playing the hottest headlines in sports, rack up points on your fan profiles, and cash them in for prizes on the Pickup Marketplace. That's playpickup.com. Detroit Lions is a nice, uh, tasty opener for this Eagles team, who the, uh, the media got to be in the locker room today for the first time since... The Eagles lost to the Seahawks in the playoffs in 2019. And uh, A.J. Brown had a an open sign hanging from his locker, which I found very hilarious. Um, but Matt, the, the schedule for the Eagles, a team who made the postseason last year, on paper, seems very Eagles-friendly, I would say. For the, the moves they made this offseason, uh, the, the way that people are just talking about this team... The schedule, I think, plays in their favor in a lot of ways. I think the schedule
1: is factored into it to a lot of the discussion around the Eagles. I think people that have been talking about them, like being an improved team, talking about them, especially if you're talking like betting circles, right? Like you look at just like the talent that they have and then also the schedule and you think there are – I mean, you you just briefly glance through and you think there's six or seven – very winnable games for the Eagles, um, which is a, a positive thing to have coming of the season. And then, you know, when you consider the division, it's probably not going to be amazing still. Um, yeah, I, th- I think the Eagles have a very, very favorable schedule.
0: So to kick off the season, the first month, of, you know, the first month, September, Eagles have three games. Uh, they are at Detroit, and then they kick off their home schedule Monday night football against the Vikings, and then week three, September 25th. They go on the road to say hello to Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders. Three games that I think—I I don't know about you—I feel like so many people are overhyping the Vikings. It, it seems like—I I don't know what it, I saw. Uh, <laughs> Dom quote tweeted NFL Network's uh, predictions for the NFL MVP, and Michael Irvin allegedly selected Kirk Cousins to be the MVP of the league. And Dom said that Michael Irvin's smoking that Zaza. <laughs> um i just feel like so many people are overhyping the vikings for no reason whatsoever but to me i feel like the eagles could win all three of those games in september and nobody would nobody would blink twice if you told them that yeah i
1: I, yeah i I think the vikings are maybe have gotten a little bit of the overhype but they they do have a an interesting new head coach and i think too like last year this team could have won a lot more games Um, if they had just some like better luck (laughs) and uh, they lost quite a few close ones. So I think people are just also expecting some like good regression there. Um, I think people are also just expecting that Justin Jefferson is, I mean, he's already one of the best wide receivers in the league. I think they're kind of projecting a really, really top level performance from him. I think there's a lot to like about the Vikings, especially offensively. As far as like the month of September, I look at this and think Eagles, Likely coming out of this two and one, I think there's the Lions feels a little bit like a trap to me. Feels like you walk into the, in, in there and think like I feel like people look at this right now and think that the the Lions are like the Lions last year, and also forget that the Lions last year were very competitive. You mm-hmm. know, although being one of the totally. worst teams in the NFL, like. Those games were not, <laughs> were not like blowouts for the most part. Like Except they were when they
0: played the Eagles on your wedding.
1: Right. Exactly. But they, cause they knew, they knew the deal, but yes, you know, for the most part, the Lions were still a re- like for being a terrible team, we're still in a lot of games. Um, and I think this year, not that they will be amazing, but I just think not the, not the easiest. It's not the Falcons on, uh, on the first, first day last yeah. year, right? Like a team that really just kind of dead in the water. Um, yeah, Vikings could be a little tricky. I expect this team to be, because even away to Washington, what does that mean? Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think that's just a that's just a long commute for Eagles fans. Exactly. I think there is a uh, a bus trip that is taking over a thousand Eagles fans to to Washington, and, and that'll
1: then, be about ten times more Washington
0: fans. Yes, <laughs> they'll be there. The month of October is is fun. Three games as well. The Eagles' bye week happens in October. Um, I'm sorry, there's four games. By week does happen in October though. So uh, second home game, Dougie P comes home for the first time as the Jaguars come to town to take on the Eagles. Then week five, the Eagles go out west to uh, say hello to Zach Ertz, the DeAndre Hopkins list, Arizona Cardinals. And then week six, Sunday night football, October sixteenth at home at the link, taking on the Cowboys before the bye week and then you wrap up the month of October at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Jaguars, Cowboys, and Steelers all at home. Cardinals on the road, plus your week seven bye week in the month of October. It's tough. I Again,
1: I think the Jaguars would be a better team this year, but I think if you have hopes for the Eagles, they should be beating a team like the Jaguars. Cardinals are very hard to predict what they're going to look like I can remember last year, everyone saying that the Cardinals were going to be bad, like picking the unders a lot. I think they had like an eight, eight and a half under last year. And they started out as one of the best teams Mm -hmm. in the league last season, right? And sort of fell apart halfway through. Cowboys, I think, people have been a little too negative. It's like weird. You know, with the Vikings, the pendulum has swung so much in the optimist. Whereas the Cowboys, I feel like it has swung so far to being negative about this team. And there are things to be critical of. And I think they didn't have a great offseason season. They've had some uh, some key injuries already, but I still think like regular season, Cowboys are good. Mm-hmm. Historically, the Eagles have split with the Cowboys, though. Yeah. Like that has just been pretty much home team wins, <laughs> um, so it's hard to t- see it any other way. And the Steelers, we know it'll be a bad quarterback situation, whether it's Trubisky or or, or um, Pickett's. But I just think, I think again, if you're if you're leaving October going three and one through that it's a very good mark and I think that is achievable I think any one of those games honestly the Eagles could lose and Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be totally shocked by that but um, I think three and one is, is where I see them after
0: October that's where I have them in the month of October as well whether it's the Cowboys or the Cardinals those are the two that kind of stick out even without DeAndre Hopkins I still think the Cardinals are a very good team Rondell Moore is I think one of the more underrated wide receivers in the NFL just waiting to break out. Um, And they have weapons all over the field, and I think that game happens before Call of Duty drops, so Kyler Murray will still be uh, locked in, ready to rock and roll. Um, But I think 3-1 and is is pretty doable in the month of October for the Eagles, plus that Week 7 bye week. I think it's a pretty solid week to have the bye as well. Um, Kind of a midseason regroup. Then uh, the month of November, your Thursday night football game is at the Houston Texans. Then you're home against the Commanders on Monday night football. Then you go to Indianapolis, Nick Sirianni's return to take on the Colts. And then November 27th, Sunday night football at the Link, hosting Ayahuasca Rogers and the Green Bay Packers. So month of November, Texans on the road washington at home colts on the road packers at home yeah i think this this has to be two and two just because i think colts could
1: be very tricky packers i still think the packers are going to be very good this year I'm not, I'm not buying the, the the dip on them just yet I'm, I'm holding on to my Packers stock um i think the texans could be again not a good team this year but i think short week short week and also i think sometimes you have these like you can get caught off by teams like this, right? Mm-hmm. Especially on a shorter week. Um, so I'm just giving that leeway there. I think the Eagles should do the double on on Washington this this year. I, I think they're, they're that much better of a, a team, especially at home, and they do have uh, obviously a longer break between Houston and them. But yeah, I could see November being a two and two month. I think
0: some uh, some more challenging games in there. I'm gonna I'm gonna go three and one. Um, I think the Texans are gonna be very very bad. Um, and they're trying to be. Hey, Dolphins are very, very bad last year,
1: and and gave it to like the Ravens. Like yeah. it's just, it's just the way it goes. The Jaguars, everyone forgets this. Jaguars beat the Bills last year. Like it's just, mm-hmm. you gotta have to random shit happens in the NFL. <laughs> like
0: you just and you just got to live with it. As soon as the schedule came out, I had that Green Bay game as a loss. I just think it's one of those things where the Packers have always had the Eagles number for quite some time now, even dating back to like Chip Kelly era. Um... I think the Eagles could beat the Colts. I think that game will be very close. To be fair, in the Chip Kelly era, having the Eagles
1: number was as simple as like going to a, a deli at a grocery <laughs> store. Like You could just take a number,
0: and it was fine. That's like, very that's... true. Um, I do think that Colts game is going to be very back and forth um, and will be very reliant on the Eagles defense being able to stop South Jersey native Jonathan Taylor, who just got named the captain of the Colts, so congrats to him. Um, but I'm going to go 3-1 there. And then the month of December... The Titans come to town on December 4th, the A.J. Brown revenge game, if you will. Then uh, at the Giants, December 11th. At the Bears, December 18th. At the Cowboys on Christmas Eve. Home against the Saints on New Year's Day. And then week 18 rounds out with a home game against the Giants. So, home against the Titans... Cow or uh, Titans, Saints and Giants on the road against the Giants, Bears and Cowboys. Tough month again.
1: I, yes. you know, I it's hard to make what the the Titans will be this year because there's there's so many question marks. I do worry about playing them this late in the season. I would if you're asking me. The Titans are a type of team. I think I'd rather play in September yes. rather than later. I agree. In the year. I think as We've seen this team just as they go along pick up a lot of momentum. You give someone like Traylon Burks, who I think could be a breakout rookie, not breaking any news by saying, but you know, you give a guy like that with that much skill and, and potential, you know, two and a half, three months into the season, and that could be where it's prime.
0: Derrick Henry, just Derrick Henry, and pound. like
1: you know, he gets his uh, he gets his software upgrade when, yes. the, when the weather drops <laughs> below forty. Um, outside of that, though, you have the Giants. Not a team that, you know, particularly scares me all that much, but but again, could be better this year. The Bears, likely to be, you know, the, the worst team in the NFL. Um away to the Cowboys has just not been a place that the Eagles have found joy from. Um so I'm gonna say three and one would be a good return off of this. Like I think that's that's again, a strong month. And I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility, but I'm going to say a
0: tight two and two here. Yeah, I'm gonna say two and two as well. I think the Titans and the Cowboys are uh, two tough teams there. You know, not that we want our Christmas ruined, but uh, the Sixers could rebound and and fix that. That's hilarious. That's yep. <laughs> I'll be here all week. It's, it's nice. It's nice that you think that. Uh, I agree. Two and two in the month of December is is kind of where I have this team um, rounding out, heading into two January games, like I mentioned. Home against the Saints, home against the Giants to end the year. Um, I personally think it's possibly a split, and you're probably thinking that it's the Saints. Well, no, I think the Eagles beat the Saints because I think that Giants game is not going to really mean anything uh, at that point in the year. So I'm going to have them go 1-1 one one in the month of January, regular season-wise, uh, to round out the schedule. I'm I'm having them go 2-0. The Saints... That was, like, the big
1: uh, Jalen Hurts game, uh, what, Jesus, not even that long ago now. Um, last year and the year before. But yeah, like, he, his, his really, like, first Welcome big moment, the and moment. then last year, you know, they, they played them very well. So, obviously, some new things with the Saints, right? It's a little different, a team, and I think you could tell a similar story about the Saints that you do with the Titans, where maybe you would rather play them earlier in the season than later. Feels like a team that could, that could pick up a lot of momentum as the year goes along, but... I do think the Giants game could depend a lot on where the division is. Mm-hmm. If the Eagles say have you know the division locked up, yes, I I would imagine you're resting uh, starters. But I think the division could be close because again, the way I see it, they're probably losing to the Cowboys on Christmas Eve, which would suck, terrible mm-hmm. Christmas present. But I think that would put a little jeopardy and put a little like uh, you know drama into the last few weeks, and I think the Eagles may have to actually win. Uh, not win to be in or anything but you know have to kind of take care of business like it'll be in their control right like this is right.
0: in their hands and they won't be able to rest so but i, I think they, they finished 2-0 and and matt somehow some way last week with our our wins predictions for every team you had the eagles going 11 and 6 i had them going 12 and 5 and that's exactly what we worked out here i have them going 12 and 5 you have them going 11 and 6 which i think both of those records one way or another is good enough to win the nfc east
1: I think ten wins should do it. Um, I think the Cowboys could be around that mark, but uh, yeah, I think I think ten wins. You are certainly going into the last week, you know, with uh, with the division very much in play still. I don't think there's going to be like a runaway
0: here. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, you know, a lot of people high on this team. I've seen a few people saying that the Eagles are their Super Bowl prediction for the NFC, which would be wild. It's hard because the NFC is. NFC is very unpredictable. Yes. Um,
1: you know, we. I mean, we could just quickly you know run through the NFC, like at least the contenders, because the Eagles, I think, have shown the most improvement and have, I think, a reasonable ceiling, mm-hmm. like a, a reasonable jump that a lot of other teams can't quite make. You know, you look at the other contenders, I don't know that you would call the Cowboys Super Bowl contenders, and I'm not sure the Eagles are quite Super Bowl contenders. I have to see it before, like, I believe it. Call me St. Thomas, but... You know, the Cowboys did take a step back over the, over the summer, injuries like like we already mentioned. Um, Vikings are like being considered a dark horse. I don't know that I see them as that standard. I think they could be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. I just I struggle to see Kirk Cousins winning a
0: Super Bowl. But, I struggle to see him winning that division. Yeah, the
1: division will be hard too. You know, it's it's certainly going to be through the wild card and then from there that that's a challenge. But um, Packers, obviously notable loss in Devontae Adams, but uh, you expect too that. I really thought they should have done better in the playoffs last year. Yes. Uh, they thought it was an embarrassing loss, and part of it is on Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. but part of that was obviously on their special teams unit, which did get upgraded over this offseason, so that's a, that's a major Drag plus.
0: two young receivers.
1: But there's question marks there. Like, you'd be foolish to say there aren't. Um, Buccaneers, question marks, and injuries, and they feel like, though, a team that's going to go, and I mean, even in their Super Bowl year, weren't spectacular in the regular season. New head coach. New head coach um but they have that ability to just like run through the playoffs mm-hmm. and they have they just feel they feel very much like a you know like the nba just, get teams us to the that playoffs. Are just like get us to the playoffs you know I, I don't really i don't really care get us some like home field advantage again yeah. um and outside of that you know the saints it might be like a, a bubble playoff team but yeah. I, I don't see them as you know legitimate contenders the rams 49ers i think are the two most likely out of the west to, to make like real noise uh 49ers, Cannot be forgotten that they again, somehow with Jimmy G last year, we're still almost a Super Bowl team. Um Rams obviously defending Super Bowl champions. Um I think it's hard to really count them out. So I, I can see why people are high on the Eagles. The Cardinals I like, Super Bowl seems lofty for them, but you know, especially when you factor in how awful they looked in the playoffs last year, just felt like they got totally outclassed. And Kyler Murray, I, that was just a total meltdown from him. Um I would I would honestly lean 49ers. That's that's who I would really think about from the NFC. I just think they've been so close. Kyle Shannon just he knows how to beat teams. I yeah, he's just he's just a very I, I think he's just very good. And I, I think it's it's very hard for me to to look at this NFC and be really confident in anyone. But I think in no particular order I think it'd be 49ers, Rams, Bucks, Eagles as like your top the, four. The, the the big favorites. The Packers, I think I'd like to see it. I'd like to see what this offense yeah. looks like before I really commit to the bit, but those are like the top five for sure. You know, the, the four I mentioned with the Packers, um, and everyone else I think is sort of, you know, sort of on the bubble, so to speak.
0: So I have some fun, uh, individual player props here for the birds. Jalen hurts, Matt, his, uh, his regular season passing yards over under total right now is set at 3,450.5. This is a tough one. If you can
1: remember, I know it's very hard for us to remember back a year ago, but he was started out very pass heavy. And I think that was the offense that they wanted to have. And it didn't quite work. Part of that, I think, was a personnel issue. Um, part of that was also, I think, Jalen Hurts' weaknesses as a quarterback, which are arm strength and accuracy. Um, I think I'd go under on this. Typically I go under on most player props simply because that's just usually where the money is. But um, I would go under this just because I think the additions, like I, I feel like this is going to be a more efficient than volume mm-hmm. team. Um, and I still think they showed too that they have like the, the ability to have a very good run game. And I think that could, that can balance itself out. You know, he's not going to be a Herbert, right. It's like right. 45, you know, 4,600 yards. Um, Because he's not going to need to do that, and that's not just his strengths,
0: obviously. So I would go under. I'm going to say over. I don't know how much over, um, but I think the addition of an A.J. Brown, I think another year of chemistry with a Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard um, in the mix. I think this year is going to be a big year in the passing game for some of those running backs like Kenneth Gainwell, like a Boston Scott, We'll see how uh, Miles Sanders pans out, see if he scores his first touchdown since 2020 this year. Um, But I'm going to go over on Jalen Hurts' passing yards. Um, Here's another fun one for Jalen Hurts. His regular season total passing touchdowns set at 22.5. Say it again? His uh, regular season total passing touchdowns, 22.5 is the number. I could see this over. Not by much. I could see him at like
1: 25 or 26, like the, a Derek Carr range. <laughs> but um, again, I just think this offense is going to be very efficient. Yeah. I don't know that, again, this is going to be a uh, big blowout type of team. Um, I see like a lot of like 26 to 17 wins, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, w- I would go over though. But I, yeah, I I'm going to go
0: over as well. Um, Jalen Hurts regular season total rushing yards. The number is 675 and a half. Oh,
1: man. I am tempted to go over on that. I think that that is an achievable number for him. Um, I, again, I think you have another year, two to kind of assess his strengths, and rushing is a strength for him. You, you may be working some more designed runs. Um, I'm very curious to see how the, the Eagles run the ball this year because that obviously became such a focal point for them last season um never really feels jalen hurts is like not quite lamar level obviously and mm-hmm. i mean no one is but <laughs> you know i mean it, but he has this like weird ability to pick up yards almost like josh allen like where josh yeah. allen just picks up like randomly just have like nice 16 yard chunks of uh, of plays here and there um and so yeah i, I think you can get him more designed runs maybe jalen hurts hits that over
0: and the final one for Jalen Hurts, his 2022-2023 regular season total rushing touchdowns is set at seven and a half. I will go under. I'm with you on that. I think I
1: think I think they want to get Miles Sanders some uh, <laughs> some touchdown love too. Um, you know, I just think yeah, like seven to nine is like at the higher end typically of even like you know, you're like Josh Allen again. Not, he is to me like one of the hallmarks of like mm-hmm. the especially being like a goal line quarterback because that's kind of what he's turned into even for him like seven seven to nine is like you know where he's at and i don't know that Jalen is at his level and will be but um i am excited for him
0: yeah and for reference last year Jalen hurts rushing touchdowns let's see he had 10 last year which oh. i think was more predicated on miles sanders couldn't score yeah and it was just easier to give a big body, bigger, thicker leg Jalen Hurts the ball and let him just pound it in himself. You know, and, and
1: again, if you believe that this team is gonna be passing more, I think it stands right. to reason that, you know, you might see some of that uh that goal line work maybe go to AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas
0: Goddard like funny you bring up AJ Brown. We have uh AJ Brown props here. His uh, regular season total receiving yards, Matt, is set at the, right at the baseline, 1,000.5. He's like, people
1: I think have been misguided in A.J. Brown. He's like just a very efficient wide receiver. Typically doesn't have like more than like 60, 70 catches in a season, um, but does a lot with with uh, you know pretty like average to above average uh, numbers in, in receptions and targets. I will go. I will go over. I will go slightly over there, not by much,
0: but I could. See, I could see like eleven hundred.
1: I like for that AJ Brown.
0: I'm gonna go over as well, a slight over, um, just because there are a lot of mouths to feed in this offense now. Um, but I do like the over there for AJ Brown, especially his his chemistry and off field connection with Jalen Hurts. I think it's just gonna translate to on the field. This next one I feel like is a no brainer I might even smash this myself on my sports book of choice, not a sponsor uh a j brown regular season total receiving touchdowns over under six and a half so I'm looking his last three years in the league eight eleven and five
1: five coming in last year um on a titans team that feel like it underperformed at
0: times offensively, and I think the one year the year he was playing with like two destroyed knees and he popped off right
1: so i would i would say over there i i think uh again he's he's already done this twice in his career eight and eleven touchdowns uh in uh, in two out of the three seasons so i i will play the the numbers game here and say over yeah i love the over on this
0: especially like you said if if you're expecting this eagles team to pass the ball more if you believe in the chemistry between Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown, if you've seen any of the the catches that AJ Brown has made uh, in training camp, in the preseason game that he did play in, like I think it's going to be there. I think those deep shots are going to be there for AJ Brown, and uh, I think that's going to lead to a lot of touchdowns for him. So I'm going to take the over there as well. And if you're looking at a sports book of choice, the overs not too terrible, minus 124. Um, AJ Brown. Regular season total receptions set at 69 and a half. I would go
1: under. I would go under. Uh, he's only gotten over that once in the, the 2020 season when he had 70. Um, again, this is a guy that is just more efficient with his work. He's not a, you know, to use a fantasy term, he's not like a PPR machine, right? He's uh, a yak guy. He's a, he's a yak guy. And uh, he's just like a big body guy over the middle that can that can do uh, amazing things with uh, with a, a lighter amount of volume.
0: Yeah, I like the under on this. And it's, it's kind of similar to what I said before. Like there's a lot of mouths to feed in this offense, whether it's Devontae, Dallas Goddard, uh, whoever's going to be lining up in the slot, whether it's Quez Watkins, you know, somebody like that. Um, I think Jalen's going to spread the ball around a ton. Kenneth Gainwell, I think, is going to be very involved in the passing offense. Uh, So I'll take the under 69.5. I think he'll be somewhere around like the 65 range um, if all goes well. So I'll take the under there. And speaking of Devontae Smith, we're going to go to the same props here for him, just on a lesser scale, just total receiving yards and total receiving touchdowns, and the same for Dallas Goddard. Uh, Devontae Smith, regular season, total receiving yards eight hundred twenty five and a half oh, man it feels a little high um,
1: do expect him to take uh, a little bit of, of, of a step forward
0: I would go over there um, yeah I would go over on that yeah I, I think even with the addition of AJ Brown in the fold I think eight twenty five and a half is pretty low for Devontae for a guy that I think is going to see a lot of volume and going to be a guy that you know can just burn defensive backs cuz he's going to be mostly lining up against that second DB with AJ Brown catching that number one coverage so I'm going to go over as well for Devonte I think he can eclipse that that 900 mark again like he did last year um I like the over for that one and then for Devonte as well his total rec- uh receptions over-under set at 59 and a half. I would go over as well. I think I think he'll have a little more than that. Yeah, I think he and A.J. Brown are going to be in like similar circles in terms of receptions. I think it'll be in that 60 to 65 range, which uh, hits the over for Devontae as well. Um, and I think he's going to be a guy that just gets a, a ton of volume, like I said, because... Uh, A.J. Brown's going to get that number one coverage from every opposing team trying to shut him down. So I'm going to go over there as well. And then we have Dallas Goddard. Matt, the total receiving yards for the Eagles' number one tight end, set at over-under 700.5.
1: I will go under. I I love Dallas Goddard. I think he's
0: immensely talented, but uh, I just I don't know that I see that. I'm right there with you. I think Dallas Goddard is very talented. He does have a lot of early game drop issues um, that I think will prevent him from picking up more yards than he should. Um, So I'm going to go just slightly under. I hope he proves me wrong because I think he is very talented and I think he has the ability to eclipse that, no doubt. Uh, And then Dallas Goddard, total receiving touchdowns. Over-under set at four and a half. So just looking at his career, he's at four, five, three,
1: and four. Um, So really he's only eclipsed this once in 2019. Would you expect that maybe you're kind of just betting on a little bit of variance here? And, uh, you know, I think since we took the Jalen Hurts over-touchdown passing touchdowns, I would take a bet that maybe he's uh, a bigger body in the end zone and maybe you know, he, he gets that little luck on his side. So I will go over here, although it's not typically been a, a mark that he hits.
0: Yeah, I think the over is, is the smart play here. I think he's going to be more involved in that red zone offense, where last year I think we saw Jalen Hurts kind of running the ball in more. I think he'll be looking for a big body in Dallas Goddard to get the ball to. Um, So I'm going to take the over there as well. So to recap, Matt and I, our predictions for 2022 for the Philadelphia Eagles 2022 2023. Uh I have them going 12 and 5. Matt has them at 11 and 6. We both think that the Eagles will win the NFC East. Matt thinks Jalen Hurts will throw for under 3450 and a half yards. I have the over. We both have over 22 and a half touchdowns for Jalen Hurts. We both have over 675 and a half rushing yards for Jalen Hurts. We both took the under on rushing touchdowns, which is set at seven and a half. We both have A.J. Brown having over a thousand yards receiving this year. We both have him at over six and a half touchdowns on the year. Uh, We both have him at under uh, 69 and a half total receptions. We both have Devontae Smith with over 825 and a half receiving yards and both over 59 and a half total receptions for Devontae Smith. We both took the under on Dallas Goddard receiving yards at 700 and a half. And we both took the over at four and a half receiving touchdowns for Dallas Goddard. So those are our pickup props for the Philadelphia Eagles for 2022-2023. Go to playpickup.com and start playing those headlines. Matt, uh, speaking of pickup, their lightning bolt logo, the Philadelphia Union We talked about this probably a month ago. We were trying to conceptualize whether or not they would be in the mix for the Supporter Shield, and I think at that point they were about, I want to say, six points behind LAFC in terms of the Supporter Shield standings. They are now tied with 60 points apiece, and the union's dominance just continues to rock and roll. Um, You've said it a number of times on this show, this is the best union team you've seen in your lifetime and there's just no quit in this team this team just continues to have opponents come in front of them and they don't care who it is they're going to absolutely destroy you yeah it's it's
1: nice too because uh, la struggled uh, in recent weeks they they dropped to Houston Houston a team in some turmoil uh, losing their manager and have uh, you know contenders for for the wooden spoon the, the worst record um, in the MLS this year and so that is at least open the door, open the conversation, so they're level on points now. Uh, LAFC does have a game in hand, so you know that could uh, work in their favor. But just considering the way that they've played lately, um, and their next game is against Dallas, you know it's it's not inconceivable that uh, this now turns into a very legitimate race where you're uh, your scoreboard watching uh, the rest of the way. It's nice too because there's you look at the at Philly's like remaining uh, schedule too. There's um, there's some doable matches here. I think for them and uh, I think you also consider they they play Atlanta again uh, a team that has its own sort of internal issues at the moment Uh, some infighting and um, you know I think I think a team you can beat they play Orlando um, this weekend which could be off the back of a letdown or maybe even a little bit of a hangover from the U.S. uh, Open Cup Um, and
0: Orlando just got in a little bit of trouble too
1: yeah some (laughs) some spygate like activities (laughs) um We'll see. We'll see how that. Uh,
0: <laughs> we'll see where that ends up.
1: You um, then they they have Charlotte and Toronto. Toronto, not going to have enough it seems to to make the playoffs despite Ber- uh, despite Bernadeschi and and Zinier coming in. Is it the top eight that make it from yes, each
0: conference? Yeah. Um
1: So Toronto, I, I think are are not mathematically eliminated, but especially on the final day on decision day, don't expect them to be playing for much. So it's a it's a pretty good schedule, and and one you could expect philly should get three wins out of their final four um that wouldn't be out of character for them uh, when you consider just you know the, the way especially the second half of the season has gone from them um wouldn't even be shocking to see them win all four but you expect you expect just maybe a, a little bit of uh variance or just a, a bad performance on any given night but this is a team as you you inch towards the playoffs is is going to be very very interesting and it's not a team that i think anyone is going to relish playing uh, when you consider still want to you know one of the the best defensive teams um you know in all of uh, all of uh, MLS and you know certainly have the best uh, goals against record and you have someone like Andre Blake to uh, to thank for a lot of that but um yeah I, you consider too that this team has just figured out how to score goals <laughs> it's just figured out this this front three which has just been spectacular in in the, the summer months especially um they're a dangerous team and they could end with you know a supporter shield and you know the top seed and that could lead to, you know, the the championship to being uh, decided in Philadelphia.
0: And we talked about, you know, early, early in the season where we knew this team was going to be good defensively. We knew they have Andre Blake, who is the best goalkeeper in MLS, in my opinion. Um, but shout-out to Gene Segura as well. Just hit a solo home run for the Phils. God bless you. Um, we, we didn't know how this team was going to be able to, to score, per se. And like you said, summer months came around. They got some guys in the transfer window. And they have just the most goals for and the least goals against which by far and away their goal differential we talk about the NLE's run differential the union goal differential is blowing everybody out of the water there thank at you plus very 42. much DC thank you very much DC United for uh, for that little bump very which appreciated the union set a an MLS record for most games won by six or more goals in league history in a ten game span, it's I mean it's really insane when you think about it that way.
1: But yeah, it's it's true. Like Ura, Kar- uh, Carranza, and Gazdag have just like melded together very well and have. A, and I mean, this is only you know off of what like four and a half months of, of playing together. It's not anything. You know, these guys haven't been together that much. Even Carranza at the start of the season was technically a lone player, wasn't playing as much. And uh, you know, Ura was a little late to to the show, right? And you know, wasn't a few games in until you like. You just consider that this team, that front three, haven't even played together for, like, seasons on seasons and how good they've looked. Um, Kai Wagner's been fantastic, too, probably the, the best fullback in MLS, certainly from an attacking sense and, and the balls that he puts in. But um, there's just, like, a lot of strength in this team, and it really feels like they have not only the talent, not only, like, the, the, the performances that we've seen this year, but also sometimes this happens in sports where I think you need you, – you can win without having some heartbreak. You can win without having some scars and some history. But I do think like we—it's very often that you see teams like that, right, where they—they kind of have to have that—that that loss maybe the year before or the seasons before that harden them a little bit and give them that experience. And I think Phillies had that over the years. They're very unlucky last year with with COVID yeah. to have not had a, a full roster in that game and still almost won. Um, so for me, yeah, they—they
0: they had to be considered one of the favorites. Uh, you know, as we as we inch closer to the playoffs. So it's going to be a joy to watch them in the the postseason, the Phils in the postseason, a good Eagles season on the horizon, hopefully a good Sixers season on the horizon, and uh, those are the teams that you should care about in Philadelphia right now until wing season starts because they're also going to be a very, very good squad playing at the Wells Fargo Center, unlike one of their constituents who uh, just – they absolutely stink. Um we are two weeks out too from survivor met next week. We'll talk a little more survivor, getting the, getting that holiday spirit. And then of course we'll, uh we'll be selecting our, our show winner. Like we have done the last two seasons, do a little, you know, tribe diagnostics, breaking down who we think is going to be that sole survivor for the real ones. If you're new to the show when it's survivor season, now we talk about survivor on this show. It's basically a sport. So, Tap in for that, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun breaking that down. Once again, season 43 on the horizon. Um, but that's all we got for you guys tonight. Make sure you go check out the pin tweet over at OTB Pod on Twitter. We're giving away four tickets. Speaking of DC United, this week's uh, semifinals for the PLL is at Audi Field. Uh, we're giving away four tickets for this weekend. So go check that out. Our pin tweet over on the Twitter machine at OTB LaxPod for all of the uh, the details there. And for some reason my camera just started lagging. I'm gonna fix that real quick before we sign off. Okay. Uh Make sure you go check that out and make sure you're following us at Underground PHI on Twitter, on Instagram, and um, follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. Where you get full video episodes of every underground sports, Philadelphia podcast top ends, just laid down their road to one K gauntlet challenge earlier this week, Matt and I will have ours in the, the very near future streamer season has theirs get in the hole. We'll have theirs very soon as well. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So subscribe to the YouTube channel, smash that like button, click the bell icon. So you don't miss a single second of your favorite underground sports, Philadelphia shows and uh share it with your friends let's get that that 1k closer and closer so uh we can do some very fun stuff for you guys to celebrate getting to 1k on youtube big thank you to our sponsors main auto llc douche Arms pro foot security 21 security systems paul j gillespie incorporated and the dental wellness center of vineland tomahawk shades pickup kenwood beer and bino board All of their information is linked in the show notes on audio and in the description on YouTube. This has been episode number 462 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. Until next time, we are signing off. Peace.